Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour is here, OutKick 360. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine across the OutKick network, streaming live at OutKick.com and on this great radio station. Glad you're with us. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, social media, Facebook, and in the YouTube chat uh, with Chad right YouTube now. chat's on fire today. You got a lot of activity awesome. going on in that YouTube chat. Every time I check in, I drop in a line, get out, come back in. They're on to a different subject. In I, I drop in another. My thoughts on that, come back in. It's amazing. They, it's free-flowing. I love it. Um, coming up, one big thing on every NFL game for week five. That's in 20 minutes. Let's dive, though, into some of the SEC headlines Max Johnson for Texas A&M, he's out with a, a broken uh, hand. And he is you know, the, the deemed starter in College Station. They're on the road this week uh, in Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Last we checked, the line was 24 points. We should do that again uh, and momentarily. Should check in on that line. And also, you know, Chad, you, you got a response from Billy Lucci on not just – not just Haynes King, who's expected to be the starter, but also the five-star freshman who's waiting in the wings there. Yeah, Billy Lucci responded to a text. I, I knew it was – not that I doubted Ian Fitzsimmons, but I knew it was uh, the perfect report when Billy Lucci followed up and said, great reporting by Ian Fitzsimmons. It will be Haynes King as the starter and would not be surprised to see Connor Weigman, number 15, the five-star freshman. That's what Billy told me in a response. That what a game He to thinks play that you're going to see number in. 15 in maroon and white uh, on Saturday. Making your college debut yeah. in a grudge match type game where the, both head coaches outwardly hate each other in Tuscaloosa against number one Alabama would be quite the debut for, for Weigman. I know, uh, you know, Haynes King wasn't doing anything, but Max Johnson has – uh, three touchdowns and no interceptions if I'm reading this year's stats correctly. He's not doing that and much been either. been thoroughly unimpressive. Yeah, their yeah. offense has I mean, been. I've been asking I don't all think along, that line where's, where's the recruit? Where's the recruit? Yeah. You know, it, it maybe is a game early. I, I wouldn't be so eager to throw him to the Wolves this week. Um, but, I'm, I'm, you know, it seems to me they've got to get to the, to, to, to the five-star. Now, here's where I am with Jimbo's offense also. If your argument is this five-star freshman who's probably way more talented than any other quarterback on the roster, he, he's just a freshman. He can't possibly get down the idiosyncrasies of this complicated offense as a freshman. Change the Two things are happening here. Your offense sucks <clears throat> and isn't doing anything, so dumb it down for your players. And if, he's far, if we see that he's far and away the best option from a talent perspective, you have – committed a massive injustice to your team by not dumbing down the offense to get him in before this. And that's an ego problem, plain and simple, with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I said it earlier in the show, I'll say it again. If this continues down this path offensively, he must fire himself as offensive coordinator and bring in someone else to run the offense next year. 
and get this thing going at well, A&M yeah. because they have the talent. They have the playmakers. They need a faster offense. They need to make it apparently something that's simpler for them to run, something. But he's got to change it, and he can't be the one making the decisions. Well, now they're without Nanai Smith for the re- remainder of the season, uh, which was about last week as well. Um, 24 and a half is the spread that hasn't changed since we started the show, since the news came out. So Vegas clearly knew about this. They also, I think part of the spread, I think Vegas thinks Bryce Young's playing. I think that's the other part of this. Um, I think they're, they're saying that they believe Young gives it a go. Yeah, maybe. This, though, with the change at quarterback, maybe they knew about Max Johnson not playing all along also. Sure. And that 24-point line was there. Yeah. Also, I think it tells you there's really no difference between Haynes King and Max Johnson in this offense. It's not a huge drop-off for A&M going from one to the other, so it doesn't really matter. That move's not going to impact this game that much. How does, I would agree with that. How does Vegas view the SEC on a neutral field? We're taking a look at this each week with the rankings through philstill.com. And, Chad, uh, 24, that's uh, around the area where Texas A&M is on their rankings as well. They're 29th. LSU, top 25 team. They're 24th in the Vegas rankings as well for the neutral field. This is who would be favored on a neutral field and how they rank. And we're, we're excluding everyone except for the SEC schools to take a look at who, who Vegas values versus who they have knocked down a peg or two compared to the AP top 25? Yeah, I, I think what this shows us is, you look at the top four teams, it's all right around where they are in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of variation there. Hutton, I asked you before this segment, Tennessee versus Ole Miss, very close in these Vegas rankings. Who would you take on a neutral yeah, field? You said Tennessee. And I Vegas, Tennessee Vegas sure. agrees with you. Two spots better. Mississippi State at 10 higher than where they are. So Vegas thinks a lot more highly of Mississippi State than the AP poll. Arkansas at 19. Another team Vegas values yes. more than voters right now, even though they have two losses. Kentucky at 21, they're 13th in the AP currently. So Vegas doesn't think as highly of them right now. And you mentioned it with LSU and A&M and Florida. I think all right around where the voting would have them right now. What what um, day does this come out? Like, do we think that Kentucky number is influenced by Levis's injury? I, I don't think, Paul, actually, that it factors in at all with the upcoming game. Do you see what I'm saying? This is more of a, this is what's happened. This is not a projection for this week's game. The projection is the Vegas line, yeah. where that is for the game. After this well, week's game, Kentucky will let, move one way or the other based on that outcome. Consider this. Last week... Ole Miss was 13th in this poll. Kentucky was 25th. Kentucky lost. Yeah. And, and, moved and they've moved up to 21 on a neutral field. Yeah. Now, so did Ole Miss. Ole Miss has moved up to ninth. But Kentucky lost, and they have moved up four spots in Vegas's ranking based on the way they played on the road. Um, LSU remained exactly the same. They're 24th last year and uh, last week and this week uh, in the neutral, neutral field poll. AM was 10th last week. And they're dropped all the way to 29th. And they, that, to me, that is also indicative of uh, the injury, but also how they've looked now for a couple you know, straight weeks. After, even against Miami, it wasn't pretty. So just a massive takeaway from this as we look at this, this ranking right now of the whole conference, I would put one through 10 in this conference and say that any of those 10 teams could beat the other. And I'm even including Georgia and Alabama in this right now yeah. because Alabama has been undisciplined at times. Georgia should have gotten beat by Missouri 
last week. So I really think there is a clear separation. Those teams ranked anywhere from 1 to 30 when you look at Alabama to Florida. I think all those teams are capable, which makes for a good conference, all those teams are capable on a good day or a bad day for someone else to win a game against those teams in the top 30. I think there's a clear separation between Florida to South Carolina, who's at 49. I think South Carolina, Missouri, Auburn, and the rankings kind of show us this. They're all sort of the same team. I think you could mix them up, and they're all together in that almost bottom tier. And Vanderbilt, that's a big drop from 63 to 100. So Vandy's 37 spots behind the 13th ranked team in the SEC. That's no surprise there. I, I don't agree way, with you. That's on... also a jump up for Vandy. One spot. Yeah. Who was maybe dead last a year ago in all of FBS. Oh, well, they yeah, moved up yeah. one spot from last yeah, week. Yeah, no, I'm no, saying from last they year. moved up 30 spots from a year ago. So that's also a nice jump up this year. Yes. Yeah, they've been better. I, I don't I don't buy what you're saying, Chad, about I, like I, I'm not expecting A&M to challenge Bama and – uh, you know, I'm disgusted with them, and I don't think they could do anything against Alabama or yeah, Georgia or look, Tennessee. I, I think frankly. I think A&M at 29 offensively, it's it's tough for me to see them doing it. But I thought it was impossible a year ago. Also, when they when they beat Bama, so crazy things have happened. And Missouri challenged Georgia somehow. Right, yeah. LSU uh, defensively, they get after the quarterback, and they've got a mobile uh, they got a mobile quarterback on their side that gives them a chance against a lot of teams. I still think it's Alabama, Georgia, drop off yes. everyone else. Yes. But my only point is Alabama and Georgia are gettable. I think Georgia has shown that the last two weeks. Alabama showed that against Texas for a stretch of the game against Arkansas. These teams are not indestructible this season. Georgia was, I thought, pretty close to indestructible a year ago. Bama was not for most of the season. Georgia was. They've shown some holes so far this year, and there's some good football from, I, I think, I mean, yeah, if you want to even take away, Paul, 29 and 30 from that list with A&M in Florida, go that top 25 route in the Vegas rankings. Alabama down to LSU, that's a pretty fun round robin if all those teams were just in the same league playing against each other and no one else. I'll take that. And, you know, I mean, the, the competition, I mean, Kentucky – not viewed on a neutral field with, with Ole Miss highly last week, but we saw a, a solid game. Uh, Ole Miss ended up winning, and Vegas told us last week they're not favoring Kentucky. That's why the, the, what the spread last week was six and a half. It stayed there um, on the road to Oxford. We're like, man, why? Kentucky's they already won on the road against Florida. Why? Where's the discrepancy? And Vegas is saying, hey, Ole Miss on a neutral field or at home, we're taking them over Kentucky in the same setting, even though Kentucky's won on the road in the, in the conference. And Ole Miss really hasn't played anyone to this point. So Mel Kuyper, I saw... I think, it, we're, I think the gap has closed as much as we've seen in recent years with the conference itself. Like, uh, I think the, the, the middle of the conference has cranked it up a notch. Not much, a notch. And we've seen Alabama and Georgia, at, they're still dominant. But we have seen them come back yeah, to earth a, a bit. Even if they're winning games, they're winning it in a different fashion than what we saw on the scoreboard a year ago. Yeah, we're getting ago. into the time of the year where the AM upset happened last year. Let's yeah. let's let's see it in the next also, five weeks. While we're I due for that, that game. While I believe that, I don't think Tennessee, Ole Miss, any of these teams have a shot at the college football playoff. 
and Alabama and Georgia, I have as virtual locks for college football playoff spots. So but you still think a, Tennessee can win one of those games? I okay. think they. I think they could. Well, if they do, then uh, my my thoughts you would expect change. A loop, yeah. But you if expect- they win at LSU this week and they're undefeated playing Bama and they beat Bama, someone in our our YouTube chat said, "Would Hendon Hooker be a strong Heisman candidate if that happened?" And I said, "Not candidate. He's the front runner by a mile. If he continues these point, numbers yeah. and beats LSU and Alabama." At that point in the season, he's number one. I don't care what C.J. Stroud or anyone else has done at that point. With his statistics so far, if that continues and they knock off LSU and Bama, I don't think that's going to happen. But if that happens, he's number one. But if they beat LSU and Alabama, would you then expect them to lose somewhere else in a way that they don't get to the college football playoff? If they beat LSU and Bama, I think they're virtually in the college football playoff. Well, you're playing Bama again. You're going to play Bama again. You even if you lose to Georgia, I think you're beating Kentucky. If you beat LSU and Bama, not a, not a certainty. You're not losing to Missouri, South Carolina, Vandy. But you lose the rematch to Bama. If well, you lose, could, the re- but, but you're still in. I mean, you still both could teams have, got in last year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're you're close. Let's put it that way. Um, by the way, Mel Kiper said in an interview today that hands down, Will Levis is his number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He thinks he will go number one overall. If that is true, then Kentucky should lose on Saturday without Will Levis because he's that important to that team. If Kentucky's offense looks anything close to what it has with Will Levis, with this backup quarterback, that to me is not a sign that Will Levis is something great. Well, I'll go a step further here. If that's true, and I don't believe that's true, and I believe Kuyper's way off here, but if that's true, Mark Stoops isn't as good as, as, as we make him out to be because they're not – they should be lighting it up if he's the single best prospect in the, in well, the country. He's but, not. But Stoops uh, has changed his offense. He changed his offense last year by, by bringing in the, the NFL mind um, from the Rams. This year right. it's from the 49ers. Before that, it was heavy run – uh, extremely one-dimensional. Wide receivers were playing quarterback, right, so they changed it, was, it into his favor, and he have, should be lighting it up. And they, they, yeah. But to me, that's on Will Levis. I mean, they, they have Wondell Robinson. They that's have, what I don't that, understand. That's what we're saying. He, it, they've changed it to his favor. It's on Will Levis that he's not lighting it up, and Kuyper's saying he's the best guy in the country. I, I just, I just think Mel Kuyper's not doing Will Levis any favors. Quite yeah, frankly, um, you've got uh, Lane Kiffin taking shots. Saying, I mean, well, they got the number one pick in the draft on that side, so I thought, you know, we did a pretty good wow. job defensively. Something happened to Bryce Young outside of this injury? I, I, again, I, you're asking the wrong person because I do not see it with Will Levis. I've consistently said this. I think he's got some good physical tools. Decision-making, accuracy, he's turnover-prone at the worst possible times. We saw it again this past weekend. I, I just don't – I do not see how he is – not even the first overall pick. I don't see him as a top two round quarterback. I think he's more of a third to fourth round. Well, guy. these guys get pumped up. I could see him winding up being a first round quarterback in a five quarterback first round because we know what happens with desperate quarterback teams. The last year things got tamped down, but I don't understand how he vaults the other two well, guys that everybody's been talking about look, for a th- year. This is, a, this is an organism, right? It's alive. It's changing. It's moving. If Kentucky takes the field without Will Levis on Saturday night and looks horrific on offense, then we look at Will Levis differently and that say, make man, him better. he may be elevating a really, really bad offense, though. That's what we're looking at then. 
this guy's making miracles happen to even win games because Kentucky's so bad without him in the game. They are, they, but Paul, NFL, if they though, roll right along, which I think they will, what is Will Levis if the backup quarterback comes in and has the same production? Even what you're saying about, you know, he just hasn't been great when he's out there. I, but I, that's my – people argue, this is the Kentucky fan argument. He's throwing to nobody. At, he had one good receiver, Wondell Robinson, a year ago. He threw almost every pass to. They don't have great receivers. Elevate. Their offensive line's not great. But these are the excuses they make. Elevate people, evade rushers. These are things great college quarterbacks do if they're not presented with fantastic talent around them, no? I think Barry on Brown from Pearl Cone here in Nashville, the freshman, is terrific. And I think he is going to be a stud playmaker for the next few years for Kentucky as offensively. As fast as they come. Yes, he is really good. He's going to be a problem for everyone Kentucky plays for the next few years. And you know, I mean, when you are watching Kentucky, the announcers will tell you how many NFL scouts are there. NFL's investing a lot of time in Will Levis. And I think that's part of what we're hearing from Kuyper is he's, he knows. Talking to those people. Just, uh, the amount of scouts that were there for the Kentucky-Florida game, the amount of scouts that were there this past week in Oxford, um, it just keep your ear to the ground. You can, they're they're going to tell you who's there to watch Will Levis. So they're, they're, I think we'll have a great read on him throughout the year. And if he continues to stay up there, I mean, that's the NFL talking to these guys. But not- you've also been to Bama, and you've been to Ohio State. You've seen the – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. isn't there I'm a degree not- of we need to go see this guy because we don't know as but much about is, him. We haven't seen in, him this, this is much. in no way a statement of prediction of where he's going to go. I believe Mel Kuyper talks to NFL people. So this isn't coming out of thin air. Yeah, NFL people like him. I am telling you my opinion – watching a lot of quarterbacks in college football is, I don't get it. Now, Josh Allen was not a great passer at Wyoming. And there were times I'd watch him and think, I don't get it. Well, he got it. The Bills got it. He figured it out. He's one of the best in the league now. Maybe that happens for Will Levis. But when I hear that there's 14 teams, you know, watching uh, Anthony Richardson's another example, watching Anthony Richardson in Knoxville, my response is, might they take a look at Hendon Hooker while they're there also? And maybe look at him? I understand he's 24 and Anthony Richardson's 19. There's a big difference there. But just watching production, decision-making, keeping the ball out of harm's way, there's a lot of things to like about other quarterbacks ahead of someone like Will Levis right now. And the other thing that they'll point to is the the more NFL-like offense at Kentucky. But we're seeing the uh, everyone's evolving in the NFL to more yeah, of right. what we're seeing. Baltimore drafts Lamar Jackson and builds a whole thing around. Yeah, but even, I mean, even prior to, I mean, just look at the lineage of Alabama quarterbacks. Of course, we've got Mac Jones, but Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts, right? And you, don't have to, you don't have to start with Bryce Young or right. Lamar. Not um, first. Yeah. And it's, been, it's being done. Yes, yes. Now, there are organizations that will want more of the pro style pocket pass pocket. Yeah, well, and I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I get just that. Don't think it's, he's it's good. You know, this is kind of the thing with Stanford quarterbacks for a while under David Shaw. Yeah. It's good to get a look at them in more of an NFL system that they run at Stanford. I'll also say um, Lamar Jackson did not run anything close to an NFL system. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes did not run anything close to an NFL system. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, let's go on. Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts, Alabama. They played for Lane Kiffin. Nothing like an NFL system, what he's running at Alabama. So 
I just don't see that as some something that's going to get a quarterback from a second-round grade or a third-round grade to a first-round grade because you saw him in something that's similar to a pro-style offense. Right now, the top two picks in the NFL draft, as we make the turn to the second quarter of the season, is Houston and Carolina. Who both need an infusion <laughs> of something big so, time at quarterback, whether he's a pocket guy or a runaround guy, whatever he is, he needs to be if good. If you are in the AFC South, you are on your knees praying that they take yes. Will Levis number one overall. <laughs> the Houston Texans do. I mean, yeah. that would be the biggest gift of the city. We talked to Dan Dockich about people in Indy saying this is like a first round draft pick when the Titans traded away AJ Brown. That's how every team in the AFC South should feel if the Texans were to take Will Levis number one overall. Coming up. Christmas morning. One big thing on every NFL game for week five. We've got it for you next on Outkick 360. Great. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Getting you ready for the football weekend. Our goal every Thursday and Friday, prepare you for kickoff across college football and the NFL. Outkick 360 rolls on. It is time for one big thing on every NFL game. We'll try to give you more than that as well. And uh, we do that each and every Thursday right now. So, Colton Broncos tonight. Russell Wilson, four touchdowns this season, his fewest through four games since his rookie season. However, he's only thrown one interception in his 131 pass attempts. The Colts have allowed 24, more than 24 points in a game. Um, well, they haven't done that yet. The problem is they have not scored more than 20 points in a game this season. Um, that's a huge problem where their offense can't find the end zone. Denver's defense is great at keeping touchdowns out of the end zone. They lead the league defensively in red zone defense their secondary is exceptional they're allowing just 17 points per game their offense is the problem they only average 16 and a half points per game london is where we head next packers and giants the packers the final nfl team to play the regular season game in london aaron Rodgers, his trust in romeo dobbs is growing by the week here are the last two weeks dobbs leads the team in total targets with 16 he leads the team in routes with 63, and he also leads the team in first read target share. I don't want to be the guy that has to keep up with that number, 29.5%. That's a great that is next level. number to be able to track. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon uh, in the backfield, they've combined for 538 rushing yards and 31 first downs in Green Bay's first four games. Daniel Jones has not thrown a touchdown pass since week two. Dobbs dropped that ball that could have ended the game in regulation. So he's getting those he targets one in that and game everything. Too. Yeah, but he needs to 
finalize the trust element. Christian Watson stepping up to be more of a viable pass-catching target would be a big development yeah. for, for Green Bay. The Falcons travel to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. Tom Brady and Mike Evans have connected for 30 touchdowns in 35 games together. For just the fourth time in Brady's career, by the way, he practiced today, first time since 2018, Brady lost a game where he threw for at least three touchdown passes and no interceptions. First time it's ever happened was last week to Kansas City. And uh, final thing on the Falcons, they rushed for 200 yards last week against a pretty good Browns rush defense. Um, that's the name of the game for Atlanta. Now they face a very good Buccaneers and run. Now they try to run it without Cordero Patterson, Patterson too. We'll see about their depth. Well, they missed him last week. Yeah. And they went with Allgaier and still put up 200 yards rushing as a team. Uh, Bears and Vikings, Justin Fields has as many rush attempts as pass attempts this season. That's outrageous. 34. 34. Look, nobody's structuring to do that on purpose. That That is a uh, a result of his inability to pass effectively. We may have a new winner, uh, a new leader, rather, in wins amongst all franchises in NFL history. Uh, right now, the Packers and the Bears are tied at 785 wins each. Packers play the Giants in London. The Bears are on the road against Minnesota. And again, I just... They can't throw the football. Give me the pack. Uh, really bad. Uh, Justin Jefferson found his stride against the Saints. 10 catches, 147 yards last week in London. Minnesota has to find more touchdowns in the red zone. They are 7 for 15 inside the 20-yard line to begin the season. The Bears have allowed just three touchdown passes in four games defensively. That was a big game for Jefferson, but he's been more up and down than a guy yeah. who said, I'm going to be the best receiver in the NFL by the end of the year. Yeah, he combined for about 65 yards over the last two weeks prior to last week. Um, where he went off. You're right. He's inconsistent up and down. Lions and Patriots. Can Bill Belichick slow down the Lions offense? Because he's with uh, a third-string quarterback, now the starter, and uh, he's facing a Lions offense that's averaging 35 points a game. That's number one in the NFL. Mentioned earlier in the show, the Lions defense allowing 35 points a game. Um Horrible. Jamal, Jamal Williams at running back. He scored 36 points this season. That's the third most for points for any skill position player. And Jamal Williams, he's the only non-kicker uh, in the top 12 for points scored here. Patriots may be a shell of themselves, but it's not going to matter to the Lions if they get this win. It'll be a marquee moment for them. I'm, I'm down on Detroit compared to everybody else, but I think they're going to win this one. Well, three not the, only marquee moment, it's just a much needed. They, they, they got to get a win. Yeah. They're one and three. Three of the Lions' four losses have been by four points or less, and the Patriots have allowed 387 rushing yards over the last two games. They're ranked 26th against the run. That's, uh, that's troubling. Uh, Texans and Jags. Per Action Network, the Jaguars have been favored just twice since September of 2020. That's a total of 33 games. Both against Houston? Week 5 will be their third time overall as a favorite in that span, and all three games as a favorite have come against the Texans. The Jags, by the way, lost the previous two games they were favored by 14 or more points. <laughs> That's amazing. So, will they win Will they win as a favorite this week against Houston? Yes. Yes, they will. Jaguars offense, they're averaging 26.3 points per game that's six best they're only allowing 16.8 that's four bet fourth best it's a solid team right now they're a feel good story and just remember texans fans lose to the jags and you're one step closer to drafting will levis number one <laughs> overall to be your franchise quarterback setting your franchise back 
even further than it already is. Texans offense averaging 18 points. 25th is where they rank in points scored. And they're allowing nearly 24 points at 17th in the league. Remember, it was five games at the end of last year that set Davis Mills up to be a good quarterback. Well, this will be five games of bad Davis Mills to offset those five good games. Chargers and Browns in Cleveland. Nick Chubb averaging 5.7 yards per carry. He scored a touchdown on 6.2% of his carries. He is their offense. Their run defense continues to be one of the worst in the league. Uh, theirs being the Chargers here. Uh, Texans rookie Damian Pierce last week gashed them for 131 yards, and that was on 14 carries. 14 carries for 131 against the Chargers defense. Justin Herbert has thrown just two interceptions. He's been sacked only four times in the first four games. So he's playing hurt, but his offensive line's doing a really good job, and he's protecting the football. When he has a clean pocket, he leads the league in passer rating at 123.5. Chargers need this one in a bad way. Dolphins and Jets. Teddy Bridgewater getting the start for Miami. Jalen Waddell is sidelined in practice this week with a groin injury, and I saw where Tyreek Hill was added to the injury report today, although... Reading through it, it doesn't seem like he's he's going to be limited. Paul, look that up real quick. Yeah, if, well. Here's the key, though. Even though he's – because he's on the injury report, I, I made a note of this. He's facing Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is not nearly as fast as Tyreek Hill. He's no more for his size and his physicality. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. But he is playing really well as a first-round corner for New York. I'm excited to see this matchup. They don't go man. They don't trail the receiver in that defense, so it's not every single snap. But Gardner has performed okay against some top talent that they've faced already. This is the biggest challenge with the speed of the Dolphins' offense. Miami has won eight of the last ten of this series, and they currently have the second-worst pass defense in the NFL through the first four games. I bring this up because here is Zach Wilson against a bad Dolphins pass defense, second worst. They faced 63 pass attempts from Josh Allen. They also had to go against Lamar Jackson, who went off, and then Miami came back and won that game. So I bring it up. Maybe the stats are a bit misleading because of the quarterbacks they faced. But this is – Zach Wilson has the ability, Paul, we saw it firsthand, to let it rip. And he's got a couple receivers now that have been putting up some numbers. I'm intrigued by this one. They have 19 guys on their injury report. The Dolphins. Tyreek Hill limited today with the quad. Waddle, um, sorry, it takes a while to find him. He's got a groin injury. Uh, Limited today with the groin after not practicing yesterday. Steelers and Bills. Steelers, a 14-point underdog in Buffalo. I'm waiting for this. They are the last team since the merger in 1970 to be a 14-point underdog in any NFL game. They had never done it before, never been you know, the underdog this, this much in a game. I think if you asked me for who the last team would be, I it would, would be have said Top the of Steelers. the list, close to it. That, that's a great stat. Yeah, the it, going through the most they've been, uh, let's see, 13 and a half to the Cowboys. That was the Super Bowl. 11 and a half at the Chiefs. That was in the playoffs last year. They lost 42-21, and then they were 11 and a half point underdogs to the Oilers in 1992, and they won that game. George Pickens. I remember that one. Yeah, thank you, McLean. Uh, 15 targets on Trubisky's 116 attempts in the three and a half games that he played, and then the targets went up significantly 
as soon as Pickett came into the game. I, I want to mention this too for Pickett. Uh, he's facing a Bills defense that has allowed just 58 points to begin the season. That's uh, through four games. That's really good. 14 and a half is still a, equivalent to a billion in this yeah, it's, circumstance. It's steep, isn't it? Uh, Seahawks and Saints. Geno Smith completing 77% of his passes. Highest completion percentage through the first four games in NFL history is Geno Smith. He's on the road this week against New Orleans. Here's the real reason the Saints have started slow. You can point to Jameis Winston and uh, some injuries. They have a minus seven turnover differential. That's why they're losing games. And that's why they face a hole. And they nearly won last week, if not for the double doink. Geno Smith must regress. At he some must. point, yeah. At some point. The, the, laws of, the law of averages would suggest that he's not only going to regress, he's going to go rock bottom. The like, laws he's going to fall off a cliff. Just don't punch anyone in the locker. The laws of point. earth, Jack. Or don't get punched. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, for him, he got I mean, he, you know, just he, he don't do anything team. to get punched in the locker room, and maybe this no, will continue. Right. Um, Titans and Commanders. Derek Henry got going in the first half last week against Indianapolis. He 99 yards rushing by halftime. He finished with just 112 in the game. The Titans put up just 28 yards and three first downs in the final two quarters of that game. And now um, they have a, a commander's team that wins in his last two starts. He's averaging four and a half yards per attempt. He has only completed over his last two starts 59% of his passes. One touchdown, two interceptions. And... Jahan Dotson, who is tied for the NFL lead in touchdown receptions as a rookie, he's not playing in this game due to a hamstring injury. I think they can get away with the doing the first half thing another game, and then they've got a bye week to figure it out. Then they got the Colts again. Then you start with, like, Kansas City, Green Bay. You're going to have to play a more balanced game to have a chance in those games. Here, here's where we find out how good the Titans coordinators are at scheming up a defense. Washington has surrendered an NFL best 12 plays or NFL worst um, tw- excuse me, 12 plays of 30 yards or more, NFL best 10 of those have been passing plays so they're not they're, they're not allowing the X plays against the run Ron Rivera's very good in that regard and here's the deal Cooper Rush had 3 of those 10 last week. Cooper Rush Dialed up three of those explosive plays last week for the Cowboys. The Titans need to be able to do that in this game for Washington. And no Traylon Burks, who maybe is their best hope for some of those plays sometimes. Late afternoon kickoffs. 49ers, Panthers. The Niners are 29th in scoring. They average 17.7 points per game. They've scored just 21 in losses to the Broncos and the Bears. Um, the Panthers are now 1-26 under Matt Rule when the opponent scores at least 17 points. So the defense either holds the 49ers under their season average, which is 17.7, or the Niners win this game. Well, we've seen the 49ers win on defense, and the 49ers will win on defense against the Panthers, who are no threat. Baker Mayfield has had nine passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. That's the most by any quarterback currently playing in the NFL this year. Cowboys at Rams. This is your 325 kickoff on Fox. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, 16 receptions on first down this season. That's more than any other player. He also caught 11 passes of 15 or more yards so far. 
And that's tied with Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown for the most. They're dialing up things, and they dialed up three last week uh, from Cooper Rush. Cooper Cup leads the league in receptions, 42 receptions through four games. And the, you know, the question is, can the Cowboys keep him in check defensively? They've started to really improve in pass defense, and we saw that with Diggs. They're getting after the quarterback as Boys, well. I, I'm no mathematician, but if you're catching 10 passes a game and you play 17 games, that's about 170 catches. It's right on it. And the record's like 140-something. Yeah. A year after throwing the second most touchdown passes in the league, Matthew Stafford had 41 of those last year, 41 touchdown passes. He's thrown just four in four games and no touchdown passes over the last two games. That's uh, stunning, really. Considering the Cooper not, Cup's caught 42 passes from him. You know who's caught none of uh, those four? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Allen Robinson maybe snuck one in, but he's not catching any passes. I think he's got he one. So one touchdown, yeah. and, and he has nine total catches on the season. That's a tiny total. Eagles and Cardinals. Jalen Hurts now on pace for 225 carries this season. The NFL record for a quarterback is 176. He would shatter this record with the pace that they're on. Lamar Jackson holds that record, by the way. He set that in 2019, his MVP year. That's why I bring this up. We haven't heard anything about the kind of hits Hertz is taking. We haven't heard any complaints about him being too much at risk. I'm wondering why we haven't heard that because his that's offensive a, line's been awesome. That's a lot of carries, and they though, have, and he's being tackled at the end of some of them. They have two of their starting offensive linemen on the injury report this week, so keep an eye on that uh, for whenever we find out the inaction. It's an excellent line. Um, AJ Brown, 25 receptions on the season. 21 of those 25 have been for 10 yards or more. Number one in the NFL in that regard. Bengals and Ravens, Sunday night football. Joe Mixon, he rushed for over 1,200 yards last year. This year, he's averaging just 2.7 yards per carry. They got to get him going. Last year, early in the season, it was run first. And then they branched into and became a pass-first offense. They need more of the Mixon attack moving forward well that That's offensive line move uh protection first uh run block second they've settled down a little bit on giving up the sacks next step is to get mixing going uh, so first two games of the season burrow was sacked 13 times over the last two weeks he's been sacked only three times that's good the priority they should be there. there and uh, lamar jackson he is averaging over nine and a half yards per carry over the last three games he's been phenomenal uh, we mentioned the stat. They're 2-2. Two and two. In their two losses, they've trailed for a total of 14 seconds. Finally, so, uh, Monday Night Football. Raiders at the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, the fastest player to reach 20,000 career passing yards, doing so in 67 games. Matthew Stafford had the previous record at 71 games. And uh, just to point this out for Monday Night, Aikman... He threw for 165 touchdowns for his entire career. This is something to watch for, for Monday Night Football. 165 over his Hall of Fame career in Dallas. Here's Mahomes, who has a, a chance to tie this record Monday night as Troy Aikman will be on the call. But the key here is Aikman did that in his entire career, and here is Patrick Mahomes that with three touchdown passes can tie him at 165 in 100 fewer games than Troy Aikman. 
Game has changed. If talent Crazy dictates stuff. this game, it'd be a blowout. But division rivalries usually have a way of leveling things out. Yeah, you, you know, can the Raiders hit another gear? Steve Spagnolo, uh, his Kansas City defense, they've they forced only four turnovers. They are 20th in the league, maybe 19th in the league in points allowed. So can the Raiders' offense finally go full throttle? They hit it last week. Can they start to stack some wins and stack some points? If so, I'm coming in here raising my hand saying I was foolish for eliminating them so early. After starting zero and three, they can get the. I think, we'll, I think we're all going to look foolish on a couple of these as we go. That is go one along. big thing on every NFL game. And keep in mind, uh, twenty-three of the thirty-two teams—they're either three and one or two and two. Uh, coming up, we've got our picks for Thursday night football: Colts and Broncos. Who we're betting on and why, and how we expect the game to go tonight. That's next to now kick three sixty. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to wager on Thursday night football this evening. All of the great props, all the lines, money lines, uh, anything you may be looking for, futures bets, outkick.com slash bet. Tonight, Indianapolis at Denver. Guys, where are we starting on? Well, let's start, Chad, with you because you think, you, you mentioned earlier in the show, Denver's winning and they're winning big. How? How? What's well, the spread here? A three and a half. I, I love them minus three and a half. When I say big, I I think they're going to win by seven plus. But I love Denver minus three and a half. You guys know I love anytime touchdown score yep. parlays to put on top of that. Melvin Gordon anytime touchdown. Mo Ali Cox anytime touchdown. Mo Ali Cox is plus four seventy, and I feel like he and Matt Ryan have have nice chemistry. Mm. When they get close to the goal line. They have nice chemistry against the Titans. They do. And it's going to carry over tonight. If those three hit on a $5 bet, you make $115. Mo Alley Cox touchdown, Melvin Gordon touchdown, Broncos minus three and a half. That's God my part. Godspeed. So we all think this game is a struggle, right? The struggle to watch. I no, think. no, well, I, I, I'm <laughs> eager to watch it. I'll, be, I'll raise my hand and say, like, I don't mind watching struggling teams that are trying to figure it out. I've, especially coaches, uh, and both of these coaches, hot seat. I mean, we know Reich is, and we know how Chad feels about Hackett. Paul, I'm taking the under 41.5 points. I like that play. Yeah. I, That's a low number. I'm taking the under. To parlay it, I uh, it went up to 42.5. I took under 42.5, and, and Matt Ryan under 244.5 passing yards plus 155. So right now, um, the over-under passing yards for Wilson is 231 and a half. I would take the under on both both quarterbacks. I would too. I thought Ryan's, about it. Yeah. Uh, to, I think it's... I think both defenses shine. Um, I think they'll have to throw late, though. Yeah. I 
I'm eager to see who wins this game. The loser is in a world of hurt. And what happens to Frank Reich after that? Back-to-back games in the division. They uh, Look, I, 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 I don't like either of these teams. Um, so even the winner, I think, is going to wind up being in trouble. It's just a matter of uh, the clock will be ticking slower, more slowly for them than it will for the loser. I know I rip on Reich quite a bit. I, I do trust him more than Nathaniel Hackett when it comes to clock management and in-game decisions. Yeah, I so, think that's fair. Let me bring one thing up before yep. we close out here sure. in college football. Has college football just completely abandoned the idea of a Thursday night game? Because it's so sporadic. There's not a Thursday night game tonight. I feel like it's an every other week proposition. But yet there's a ton of Friday night games. Well, They've the, invaded high school football yeah. on Friday night. But it's as if they've just thrown their hands up and said, we're not even going to try with the NFL. That used to be. We're uh, not going to have a Thursday night. That was always a, a premier rule. game. Yeah. I mean, for, for years, that, that Thursday night typically had a really good matchup. But I ask that because there's no real rhyme or reason. I feel like we get a Thursday night game every two weeks, every three weeks. There's not one tonight. But yet tomorrow night in college football, you can watch Nebraska Rutgers, Houston yeah. Memphis, UNLV San Jose State, Colorado State Nevada. You can watch Nebraska Rutgers, but you shouldn't. My the, wife the will black, be watching. The blackout for middle last week was on a Friday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a county that plays high school football very well. It makes no sense to schedule a home game. It's very odd to me. It's, it's as if they've conceded to the NFL Thursday night package and said, we, we're not even going to try. But, but now it's a Thursday night package that you have to have streaming service right. for. Yeah, they should have tried because a lot of people are like, I'm not paying for they it. They should lean more so into I it. Need I still think you know, Colorado State, Nevada attendance would be better on Thursday as opposed to Friday. Avoiding people going to I, high school football games. I agree. If you're looking at attendance. I agree. More viewers. Preach on, hey, Back at it tomorrow, a full weekend preview for you for football and Outkick 360. Do not block the box, but kindly lock your locks. See ya.